Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Thanks for being here. So today let's reflect on something that I think should be omnipresent in your thinking, and that is, what is it that you want your money to do for you, right, around the goals that you've set? How do you want your trading to serve you? Because there's a million little facets to that diamond that are important, and you might find yourself in a situation that you find uh, discomforting because you've let the garden grow without doing any of the weeds. And so if you come to the markets and say, I want to grow my capital, basic reason people want to invest, I think, is to outperform cash. Um, then it gets very complicated beyond that because then you start tying emotions into it. Some people want to get attention and they want, be, want to be investors and they want to be known as a world-renowned investor. So they go out, they start making investments, they don't pay attention to the risk, and then they get hit hard. When something works against them, they're likely to become frustrated, angry, maybe even bitter. They go through this five stages of, of grief and then figure it all out. I think ultimately, when if you know ahead of time that this is a business of personal and a paradigm of personal responsibility, that you're going to do very, very well. It's not something that might come easy to everybody, but ultimately everything that you do is a reflection of where you are right now with your mindset. And so it's very important to get that mindset right from the get-go. Otherwise, you can develop bad habits and bad thought processes that don't really serve you. Well, they serve you, but in a masochistic way. So if you come to the market, it's a good example of this with how you want to make money, but you don't have clear defined rules on how to handle losses. You might have an open-ended loss strategy, even though you might have price targets for the things that you're picking to put in your portfolio, most likely as long investments or long trades. And that's that's a typical blind spot. I come in, I buy a stock, I want to buy XYZ. If I see it up 10, 20%, that's what I'm going to sell. What happens if it goes against you? Well, we're going to wait. I'll wait and see and figure it out, right? So that's the amateur way to do it. So the, the pro would come in and say, I know I'll take a chance on anything, but the most I'm willing to lose is like one half of 1% of my overall account on any particular trade. And if that number is hit, I'm not going to look to interpret new news. I'm not going to look to interpret and see if there are hundreds of new tweets or things over at Howard's house at uh, StockTwits and, and see and try to reaffirm my bullish views. If you have 100K, you're risking 500 bucks a trade. And if that number's hit, it's hit. There isn't any negotiation at that point. Now, some of you might not like to do that because you might see the name rally in your face and all that, and you don't like being wrong, right? This is a place where for you to demonstrate your intelligence. I'll tell you right now, you're in the wrong party, man. This is the wrong place to think about being smart. The thing is, how can you be the most humble person? How can you have the most humility? And I'm not talking humiliation. I'm just saying, how can you subvert your ego and say, hey, I'm going to try to take uh, 10 different stabs here and on five of the names, I might lose the 500 bucks, but on the other five, you know, I might make 4K. So I'm net up 1500. That's how you have to think. If you become too invested in any one particular name, you've fallen in love. And if you're not getting the response from that particular person, you got to move on because they typically don't change. If they're not attracted to you, they're not interested. And that's the way it works. You find somebody that is interested and you'll have a great time. Same thing with stocks. If you try to buy downtrends, you're in the wrong game.
Um, you're trying to be smart. So I, I bring this up after this week, and I think about it, the things that we spoke about, and how a lot of the problems that newer people and senior traders alike, uh, long-term investors, they can solve their issues by you know, protecting themselves, by having a clear vision of what it is that they want to do with their money and what they want their money to do for them in the future and have that all planned out ahead of time. So for example, there are folks I know who have fairly substantial wealth and they are trying to figure it out and what is it that they want their money to do for them long term, not just for the rest of their lives, but for after they pass away. Where is that money going to go? How is it going to serve their families? You see? And so all that kind of shapes you when you when you start to think about it that way because then it helps you modulate and put a bit of a thermostat on what your risk might be. You might need more risk. You might need less risk. That's hard to tell. You might also need certain types of structures. Two, if your money grows enough, you certainly have to systematize and automate a good chunk of what it is that you're doing because otherwise it becomes way too time-consuming. And then without having a plan on how to do research and selection and then entering the orders and then the follow-up and then don't forget the checkout because you want to make sure at the end of the day that you have everything that you think you bought but also things that you didn't own that someone typed in by accident or transposed a digit on an account number and you find that you're in a position that you didn't order, you know, you have got to clean that up, especially if you're a pro. We call that the checkout. And that might not happen if you're entering trades through a dashboard on your own machine, but it does happen a lot if you call in orders over the phone and you have people execute and they're going to be doing the order entry and all the, uh, the entering of the digits and the account numbers on their end. So there's those types of things to, you know, follow up with. Also on tickets where that you ordered, you put in that had say buy or sell stops that weren't executed. You just want to follow up on those tickets and say, hey, what was the status of ticket number one nineteen? Nothing done. Okay, it was good for the day. The order's dead. I have to re-enter it the next day. So there's all these different things that you have to become mindful of. And as your account grows and grows and grows, all of a sudden it's a full-time job now just to just to op just to be an operator of the business. Right, the trading part then becomes easy. I know what the order is. I got to put it in, but now because of your scope, you need a team of people to help you run your money, and that's why people start single and multifamily offices because it's become there's so many moving parts that it becomes a full time job just to run the family money, right? So as you're coming up to that spot, um, you can certainly write everything out and determine. What are these things that are very, very important for you? Where can you sleep at night knowing that your bases are covered, especially when it comes to the risk management part? But then there's just so many things in terms of like the follow-up um, on ideas, goals, and plans that you might have that you find yourself in a spot, and this happens to me a lot, where you can't even, you don't even have time to think and to ideate. So you end up finding yourself in a particular week where you know, next week I'm not going to book any particular thing on a, on a Tuesday, for example. And I'm just going to wake up and you, you find yourself entering your orders, but then you have the whole rest of the day just to sit back and reflect, right? And get clear and reevaluate. Go back, look at your notes. What plans do you have? How are the things in the uh, orders of operation in your current life support that? 
what do you need to add what do you need to what do you need to trim you might have signed up for goods and services that you thought were going to help that didn't really manifest that you're still paying for but you haven't looked at in three months might be time to kind of pull some weeds let the flowers grow that kind of a deal so these are good problems to have right because it means you have probably substantial assets but it can become a chore and so what you need to do is to say, okay, well, I don't want my money to be a chore anymore, so I have to plan around that. So again, everything is going to grow with you as you hit your goals, and you're going to find that you're going to have new new challenges, probably new tools that you could also use to conquer the beast. But ultimately, I bring this up because you get what you think about. And for those of you who don't feel that you're there yet, these are the types of things you want to invite into your world, Right? It's, it's, it, it helps you manifest the things in your life that you want. And having those types of money problems are very, very different than having another money problem, which is you don't have any money. So ma manifest what it is that you want and just realize that over that period of time, you're going to have to ebb and flow too with your processes. They're going to have to expand. You might need a team of new people. You might need an assistant. You might need you know, someone to help up with the paperwork just from an administrative standpoint, because that stuff can become overwhelming. And then you find yourself having no one to delegate the stuff to. And you're now not a business owner, but a business manager. And I would I would err to the side of wanting to be a business owner. Um, you can find yourself doing so many administrative tasks that maybe 50 to 90% of your day are doing the things in the periphery of managing the risk. And if you're in the business of creating alpha, you have two things that you need to be concerned with. Well, one thing, one big thing, which is position size, and then two, two other incidental but closely related things, which would be your entry and your exit prices. So that's where the focus should be and on the research. Everything else, right, from a theme standpoint or executing the business can, can become so overwhelming that you can start to shut down. And then you don't even have the energy to do what you, you know that you can do, what you're good at, which is to create the alpha. So begin with the end in mind and get super clear about what you want and also what you don't want. But speak in terms of the positive. You don't want to bring attention to what you don't want, right? And if you're overwhelmed, start thinking along the ideas of having, you know, days that are terribly manageable, where you have lots of free time and liberty and independence and autonomy, and that's what will manifest for you and you'll find people to delegate to or you'll start to eliminate or certain processes or make the ones that you do need that are necessary much more efficient and streamlined. Then you'll get some of your time back. That means you'll get your brain power back and then you can go back to thinking big dreams and grow from where you already are. Anyway, little inspirational chat for Friday. Um, I appreciate you all being here. Send me any questions or concerns that you have. I'll point you in the right direction. If you're new to the show and you haven't gotten the audiobook version of The Inner Voice of Trading, it's free. It's on me. You can pick that up at Martin Chronicle, top right corner. If you don't already have it, uh, and if you do, thank you for downloading it. Appreciate your support. I wish you all a great weekend, and I will see you Monday.